0: And I don't ever say yes, and every once in a while, I, once in a while I do. But um, and then I get to come up and talk to you guys, so I'm I'm blessed and privileged, and I don't take it lightly. But um, but my husband and I love to uh, minister to marriages. It's one of our it's one of our things we love to do, and um, and I think we're really called and anointed to do that. God has done some things and in our lives with other couples and I just, it's a blessing. But one of the things I love to talk about when I talk to couples is I love to talk about love languages. How many have read the book, the five love languages? Um, if you haven't go read it cause it's great. But one morning I was worshiping the Lord and I was talking to him and he said, I have love languages too, Rochelle. God has to talk to me like that because if he's not like really forward and straight with me, I'm not sure what he's saying. And so I might miss I might not understand him completely, but he just talks. He's like, Rochelle, I have love languages too, and you can show me love. And I was wow. Because so many times we get so caught up in loving, like, um, God loves me. God loves you. And that's so true. He does. He loves us so much, and sometimes we can't even fathom how much he loves us. But does he know how much we love him? Can we show it to him? I believe we can. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures. So there's five love languages. And the first I want to talk about is gifts. Um, this is my favorite. And even if it's not my love language, I like to tell people that it is. So when it's my birthday, everybody will know my love language is gifts. Just a little mental note when it's Christmas, Rochelle's love language is gifts. Um, but that's not how it's, it's with the Lord. But, um, there's a scripture. It says for where your treasure is there, your heart is also, we can give good gifts to our father. How many know that we can give good gifts to daddy. Um, I think about two different stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And the Old Testament one I think about of giving gifts is a very familiar passage It's in Genesis 4, and it's the story of Cain and Abel. And their two sons and they're bringing their first fruits to to um to be sacrificed once a year to give his offering to the Lord in the Old Testament. And if you know the story, you know that one son um, tended the field, so he brought fruit and grains and and he said that this was his best that he had to offer and then another son was he brought a sacrificial um, animal and and both sons said they brought their best, but God knew how many know God knows if it 's our best. so the one son God rejected his gift because it wasn 't the best. You said, Oh pastor shell that 's so hard god doesn 't reject my gifts.' You need to take it through the to the New Testament. All right, let's do that. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's take it through the cross and the resurrection. And let's see what God says in the New Testament as in our gifts. Um, I think about another story about people that bring their gifts to the Lord. And I think about Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts chapter 5. You can read the story if you want to later. And they were all bringing what they, had, what they had to God. They had sold some property and they brought, they said, and they told the man of God, They said, this is everything we have. And it wasn't, they lied and God struck him dead. So that's the parallel from the old Testament to the new Testament. God doesn't receive our gifts. If it's not our best, that's what the Bible says. He wants the best. And I want to give him love. I want to show him how much I love him by giving him my best which is the first of everything, which is which is all I have, which is my children, which is my marriage, which is my family, which is my finances, which is my time, which is my talents. I will give him my best because I want to give good gifts to the Father. Um, I think about um, one of the many, 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 many reasons why I so love my husband. Um, I do love him much, but um, one of the reasons I love him so much is about my gosh, it'd be 13 years ago, 13 years ago we were dating and, um, it was about, I think it was mother's day or my mom's birthday. They're about six days apart usually. Right. Something like that. Four days apart. And, um, and I told, you know, Zach was trying to impress me. He's like, you know, graduated high school, I was working and I'm still unemployed in, in high school. So, um, so he's works and he has a job and and I'm like, "Well, I want to get my mom something really really nice for her birthday or Mother's Day, whichever one it was." And he's like, "Okay, what does she like?" So her favorite thing, mental note, if her love language is gifts. Her favorite thing, you know, bless our 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 kids church pastor. And her, her favorite thing is um this aromatherapy from Bath and Body Works. And, um, and so we go into the store, we go into the bath and body Works store and I was, I would be content just getting the littlest basket we could find. That would be fine with me, but no, not for Zach. He goes in there and he picks the biggest, I think it was like a hundred dollars. And for me, that was a big deal. I was 18, the biggest basket he could find to give to my mom. And he didn't have to do that. But that's what God's expecting from us. That's his heart. That's what beats in his heart is when we give him our best. Are you giving him your best? I want to be a person that says, I am giving him the best I have to offer. Not my seconds, not my thirds, not my fourths, but the best. Um, So the second love language is acts of service that I want to talk about. And so when I think of acts of service, I think of things that you can do for people. Um, I have my love language, if it were to be acts of service, would be, um, which I do love this, if my husband would clean the house and do the dishes, give the kids a bath and have them in bed before I even get home. Wouldn't that be amazing? Every once in a while he does do that. And then I I just love him so much for it. But acts of service, what act can I do for the father? What can I do for him? Um, It makes me think of in Matthew chapter 23, um, Jesus talks about the greatest among you is the servant of all. First of all, he's going through the book of in, in, in chapter 23. He's going through and he's talking to the Pharisees. It's in red. If you want to go back and read it. Um, so he's speaking to the Pharisees and he's saying, you guys want to be in the front. You want to be the, f- the first person to talk. You want to be the one seen. you want to, you know, you want to do all these things. But Jesus said, you don't realize the greatest among you is going to come and lay his life down. What he was saying is I'm the greatest among you because I'm willing to be the servant of all of you. When I was with Debbie Titus, my spiritual mom, we got to go to Dallas last week for a couple of days and where she's in a room full of, of pastors' wives most of them senior pastors' wives and she looks at him and she says you are not in your church for people to serve you you are in your church to serve them now don't get me wrong i love being served just love it and if you do that out of the you know the gratefulness of your heart i am not going to knock you for it um but that's not my purpose and that's hurts god's heart When his, the people he's put as fathers and mothers in the house of the Lord expect to be served when God's called them to lay their life down the way that he laid his life down. So my heart is, I'm going to lay it all down for you. I'm going to lay everything down for you, Lord. You deserve everything. And I believe that everything we do should be a representative representation of what's inside of our heart. Um, it's, it's a, it's a. It's an attitude that's not perfection, but it's excellence. Perfection is attaining something where it looks good on the outside. Excellence is a matter of your heart. And so I want to be excellent as a mom. I want to be excellent as a wife. I want to be excellent in my home. I want to be an excellent pastor. I want to love people excellently. I want to come into the house of the Lord and there's an expectation of excellence in this house where, you know, you're going to come and be loved for who you are, but be required by Holy spirit to live a holy life. That's a heart of excellence. And that's my heart that I want to give that to the Lord. There is something that happens, um, in our life. um, that is every moment I want, him. And we don't live out of, a, out, of a, out of a Martha mentality. We know our pastor. and He talks about it a lot. We don't live from a place of Martha in the kitchen just doing, doing, doing. Let me get your attention because that's an orphan heart. Martha didn't know who she had in front of her. That's why she was trying to get his attention by doing a bunch of things. Mary understood who Jesus was. That's why she sat at his feet. But I don't want to spend my life reading this and nobody can read it from me. I don't want to spend my life just reading the Bible when, and nobody can really read it inside of me. I want to be the kind of person that goes everywhere that I go. It's God's love that shines through me everywhere I go. Um, the next one is the next love language. I think they're putting them up there. Oh, it's so nice. Um, is words of affirmation. Um, most Most men, this is one of their love languages. If not the first, it's the second because, um, just in their nature, because the Bible talks about how they, um, men require honor. And so, um, um, that's words of affirmation is one of the huge things. That's just a little bonus. Doesn't really have anything to do with the message, but ladies just know that for your husbands, but words of affirmation. And I thought about how do I, what does God need to be affirmed? (laughs) He's God. Does he really need me to tell him how amazing he is? He's God. But then just read the book of Psalms. Because the psalmist and David declared over and over, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will minister to him. His praise will continually abide in my mouth. Um, In Psalm 84, if you want to turn there, 84, 4. I should have, okay. Actually, I'm going to start in verse. No, I'm going to start in verse 4. How blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion, Pass of Baka. They make it a spring, the early rain also covers it with blessing. They go to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. I want to and verse blessed are those who dwell in your house. And I really believe that something in a heart of a worshipper says, I don't need a I don't need a worship leader to worship for me. I don't need a a person singing a song to bring me into a place where I want to worship the Lord. My worship is always in my mouth. I'm always praising him. I don't need somebody to make me. I don't need to go to church to worship God, but I'm constantly worshiping him. But I value presence. I value his house. I value him. That brings affirmation to the heart of God. It brings love to him. And I think something that happens when our our mouth is continually blessing the Lord, we're blessing through every circumstance. We're blessing him through every situation We're blessing him. No matter what, no matter what our circumstance says, no matter what our surroundings say yesterday at women's Aglo, I was talking to the ladies about peace. Peace doesn't come from your circumstances. Peace comes from the Prince of peace who lives on the inside of you, who strengthens you and grounds you and gives you purpose. If you have, if you don't have peace, find out who you gave it to because you gave it away somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, because peace comes from the inside. But if I might, if I'm continually blessing the Lord, no matter what my circumstances are, it doesn't matter because God is God and he loves me. And I know that because my mouth says it. And there's something about a heart of gratitude. There's something about a grateful heart that, that, that is the heart that God can bless no matter what. With thanksgiving and praise in my mouth, God can bless my circumstances. God can bless my situation because his his praise never leaves my mouth. And something happens. um, There's this familiarity that comes in. And sometimes we get familiar with God. Sometimes we get familiar with his presence. We get familiar with his people. And then there's this familiarity that breeds contempt in our heart. We don't realize it, but it breeds something in us that makes us actually dishonor, dishonor the ones that God has called us to honor. It, we, we actually can, there's a point where we can dishonor um, even his presence because we've come, become so familiar with it that it's not fresh to us. It's not manna to us. And that heart, their Thanksgiving cannot be rested on that heart and favor cannot be rested on that heart. But here's how you break familiarity, blessing and honor in your mouth. That breaks it off. It breaks it off. If I become familiar with my husband and I no longer... Honor all the little things, you know, just, you know, how that happens in a relationship. You no longer honor all the, all the wonderful things because there's this familiarity. Well, you're expected to love me. I'm expecting you to do these things for me. This is how I break it. I bless you. I bless you. I honor you. I lift you up. This is how you can break that spirit off in your life. When you come into the house of the Lord and it's just another Sunday, that is the worst Feeling that is, that is one of the worst things that will hinder revival and moves of God familiarity because what happens is it breeds contempt in our heart. We no longer value or honor the things that God is doing. But if you come into the house of the Lord and you say, I will bless you no matter what my, your praise will be in my mouth. And I will not let dishonor come into this place. Then I will continually appraise your name. And it will break that spirit. It will break off that, that familiarity, that discontent. It will break it off. Bless the Lord in all things. I will bless you in all things. The fourth thing is um, quality time with the Lord. and um, And this is very clear to me that. When I was God, cause God speaks this stuff to me first. I can't just come up and preach something that God didn't do in my heart. But the fourth one is quality time. And very clearly God said, it's not quantity, Rochelle. It's quality. I'm a mom. I have four kids. I'm, I have a husband who's a full-time pastor and I'm a pastor and our jobs are busy. Our lives are full. We love people. We're very much the kind of people, if you've known us for any bit of time, you know that we love people. We, 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 we love having them in our lives, in our home, in our world, in our family, um, which makes us very full. We have full lives. So God spoke to me. He said, it's not quantity, Rochelle. I know your life. I know your schedule. It's quality. He wants the quality of time with you. In the first service I used this analogy, if I have a friend, um, you know, Vicky's my friend. So say, you know, I'm talking about you and our friendship was based on the fact that I would constantly call her all the time to tell her everything that's bad in my life, everything that she can do for me and all the down things that are happening. And I never let her talk. Would she really after a while answer my phone calls? She's not going to answer my phone calls. Our, our friendship is going to be completely destroyed because of my selfishness. I think some of us have that kind of relationship with the Lord. Every time we come to him, it's what I can do. What you can do for me, God, what can you give me? Lord, What, here's my problems, Da 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 da. da. Can you fix this person, fix this situation, fix that. Let me tell you, he's God. He wants to help you. He wants to do those things. He wants to love you, but a relationship is just that it's a relationship. It's got to go both ways or it will be broken and you will feel empty because he's, you're not letting him pour into you. Let the relationship be two ways. When I say quality, just sometimes. Shh. Let him talk to you. I love to talk. I love to be the center of attention. God knew that when he made me a pastor's wife because everybody loves me and has to be my friend. And that's exactly what it was like for me in high school. Exactly. Like I have to be the center of attention. God's working that out of me. Um, but sometimes in my prayer life, he just says, for could you just be quiet and let me love you? find rest in quietness. And then I'm learning to enjoy it even more with four babies. My quality time is me locking my door and sitting in the bath and just being mommy needs some time, you know, and that's okay. He wants the quality of our time. He wants us to spend time with him. It's that scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will follow. Seek first him. And everything follows. I don't seek him so I can get things. I seek him. And because of that, I get things. That's my heart. It's where your heart is. He's always looking at your heart. Um, the last one. So I'm going to close really quickly with this last one is physical touch and be honest. to be completely honest. I had a really hard time trying to find out how I can touch the father, how I can touch God. So, um, Cause I, I mean, we are, we are such a people that we thrive on physical touch, the human race. We thrive on it. I heard a story one time about, um, they had, there was this orphanage and the babies were dying and they didn't know why, but what they realized is because nobody was holding the babies. They had all these babies. They were getting fed. They were getting changed. They were getting cared for, but they were dying because nobody could hold them breaks my heart. Um, My last two, um, Hannah and Josiah, well, actually pretty much almost all my kids, they never touched the floor for like the first year because I was just like holding them all the time. Oh, I just love you. Um, and I cherish those moments, but we're so like, we're just the people we desire touch. We desire physical connection. And if we're fashioned after the father, he said, I made you in my image. How much more does God desire that love and affection that touch? So I went and I looked through the gospels because, you know, Jesus came, um, fully God, fully man, walked the earth in this body of flesh. And he was Jesus, right? So people touched him. Almost every time somebody touched him was for freedom and healing. And I thought, wow, God, people understood when you walked the earth that they just needed one touch from you for their healing and their freedom. I think about the woman with the issue of blood and how she pressed through the crowd because she knew if I just touch him, if I just touch him, I'll be healed. You guys know the story she pressed through. She could have been beaten and stoned just for coming out of her house. She could have, I mean, really they would have stoned her because she touched a rabbi because of her, because of her uh, infirmity. But she said, if I just touch him, I'm going to be healed. You can touch the father, press through every circumstance, press through every situation and reach up and grab a hold of him. See, some of us are waiting for a touch from God for our circumstance, our situation. Some of you are waiting for a touch from God for your healing, for your deliverance, for your freedom. What if God's just waiting for you to press through and touch him? And he'll pour his freedom out. He'll pour his love out on you. I'm going to close with this story. Um, We planted the church. It's been about three years, Zach said. We've been here. And there was a time we were going through when we first planted the church and we were losing our house and, um, lose it. We lost our car and, um, I wanted my kids in private school cause you know, God have mercy. They actually interact with unsaved people, which God's changed my heart about that stuff too. Um, but I had to have my kids in private school. And so I'm like, I'm having this breakdown. You don't understand. Zach, you don't understand that this is what I think about all the time and where are my kids going to go to school and we don't have any money and they have no clothes and And I'm going through all of these things in my head. And, and Zach says, it's going to be okay. I'm like, but you don't understand what I feel. And you know, sometimes as moms, we feel like we carry the world on our shoulders. And I think God, God intended us to carry more than most people, but not the world. Um, But I'm like, you don't understand. And he's like, it's going to be okay, Rochelle. And he, um, he took the kids out of the room and he put this song on and he closed the door and he let me spend time with the Lord. And it's this Rita Springer song. And it says, all I need to do is worship. All I need to do is say his name out loud. All I need to do is lift my hands, surrender and bow down. All I need to do is find him. And something about that moment, I reached out and I touched the Father. And I said, God, I don't know my, what you're going to do in this situation. I don't know how you're going to take care of this circumstance. But I know that if I press through everything and just worship you and just grab a hold of you, you're going to bring freedom to my life. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that as your people that are sitting here, that if they need a touch from heaven, if they need to just know you're there, I pray that they would just reach up and just grab a hold of the father that you're so you're so close to us. You're so close to us. We just have to touch you. We just have to grab a hold of you. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Press through the crowd. Press through our circumstance. Press through all the situations that might hold us back and say, I just need to touch the Father. I just need to touch Jesus. I just need to touch you. Yeah. back up. That's okay. In this moment, I don't want to keep anybody long, but I feel like if there's anybody that just, you just need to just run after him. Are you tired of holding back the love that you have to give them, to give the Lord? You have love to give him. And I just want to pray for you. So if it's at you, if that's you, I'm going to open up the altars. And I'm going to dismiss everybody else in just a minute. But I just want to be sensitive to people. Some of you might feel like if I just touch him. That's all I need. I just need him. I'm just going to take a minute. I just wanna pray for you. So if it's if that's you, just come just come up here and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna give it another minute. I'm going to bless everybody so you guys can go. And then I'm going to pray for the ones at the front. So let's just stay up here. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place this morning. And I just pray that you would go with every person. That you would be so real and big in their lives. The magnitude of love you have for them. That they would just know the depths of the love that you have, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.